Amen? You know, my old man is not a term ever used, but in the, uh, in the context of this song, it actually fit. It was, a, it was a term of respect. It's not something I ever use. I always use dad, you know, or something of that nature. And, and you may use it. And in this song, it was. It was a term of endearment, you know. So if, don't, if you're offended by that, you know, think about that in that regard. Because, uh, you know, I, I use dad. I use that's my father. That's my dad. And that's, that's what I always use. And, uh, I, you know, I just felt like the other was a term of disrespect. But in this song, again, I don't think in any way, shape, or form that was. I think it's a form of honor and respect. Because we want to honor and respect our dads, right? Yeah. All right. If you're a dad, stand up, please. Bless you, everyone. Let's pray. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we thank you for our earthly fathers. We thank you for what they mean to us and, God, how they did teach us and train us. And, God, for these men standing today, I pray, God, that they would teach and train in the name of Jesus to their kids, even to their grandkids. I know some are raising their grandkids, that they would train them up in the ways of the Lord. God, I just ask blessing upon each of these men today. As they lead their families, I ask blessing upon their families, Lord, and the people that you've given them a uh, spirit of influence, a spirit of influence in God, may it grow greater. May they be able to reach more people in the name of Jesus. I thank you for each and every one of them and pray blessings on them today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 49. We're just going to read just a little bit there, and we're going to go some other places. And the one of the things that I thought about is, uh, you know, as dads, we want to bless our kids. And that's really what we're going to look at today is the blessings of God and, and ways that we can do that as fathers. Now, it is directed to men today, there's no doubt. But I think we can all learn something from this text, ladies. It doesn't exclude you from learning from this text, even though it's generally pointed to men but it's really talking about our relationships. And we can all learn when we start talking about our relationship because we know our relationship with Christ has to be right first, that we can be good fathers and husbands and do the things that we're supposed to do. We have to line up with, with Christ first in our life. Now, I also know that, you know, not everyone had a, a great father. You know, I was blessed. I was blessed by that. I understand that not everyone did, okay? So what you can learn today is you want to be that good dad. And these are some scriptures, some tools that's going to be able to afford you that opportunity to be a good dad. And you can be the one in your family that makes that change in your family. Because I fully understand that not everyone was blessed like I was in that regard. And I feel for you, I really do. But you know what? You have a chance to be better than your dad. You have a, a real opportunity to learn his word and to know him and be better than him. Even if you had a good dad, you have an opportunity to be better than him. Understand that. And I, I, I know that it's, it's not, not everyone had it perfect. I'm fully aware of that. So what we can learn is to be better, period. Amen? All right. In Genesis chapter 49, verse 22, it says, Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. The 
Archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. By God of your fathers who will help you, and by Almighty God will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of deep lies beneath, blessings of breast and of womb. The blessings of your father has excelled the blessings of my ancestors. Up to the utmost abounds the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and to the crown of the head of him who separate from his brothers. And verse 28 says, And all these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and that is what the Father spoke to them. And he blessed them, he blessed each one of them according to his own blessing. Father, we just pray, God, that we would see your word, we would live it, and we would apply it to our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I just read you a little bit of it, but actually the whole chapter talks about uh, giving the blessing. Jacob was blessing each one of his sons. Now look, this, this guy wasn't, a, he wasn't always the best dad. You know, if you know your Old Testament history, he didn't always do it right. He played favorites. He had a son that was one of his favorites. He had a son that murdered. You know, you know they sold the little brother, his favorite. They got rid of him. Daddy liked him so much, they got rid of him. P put him in slavery. Planned on killing him, but didn't. They just sold him into slavery, who ended up, you know, saving them later when there was a famine because he was over all the food and, and there was reconciliation and things of that nature. So that's the, the text of where we come out of today. And what we're really talking about is the blessings that a father gives his sons. I want us to uh, know a couple of things. I think the first thing we have to know in knowing uh, you know, to bless our sons, which is what we want to do. We, we want to be good dads. We really do. And I think the first thing is we have to know why they are given to us and also to know they're watching. Psalm 127.3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. So with that child of yours, even at its worst, is a gift from the Lord to you. He's rewarded for you for His faithfulness in Him to train that child up and to live in such a way that would lead that child to the Lord. And maybe you didn't have that in a father, but let me tell you, you got a heavenly father, if you know Christ, that came into your life and changed it completely. Changed it completely, and you can break that cycle. But know this, first off, those kids of yours are a gift from God. Each and every day, each and every hour, no matter what's happened, they're still a gift from God to you. Ephesians 6.4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. It's a very simple thing. Fathers, don't make your kid angry. Love them. Now, that doesn't mean not discipline them. That's, that's different. You may deal with them. They may get a little upset with you. I know whenever I got disciplined as a kid, I didn't always like it. You know, I bucked a little bit. I, I bristled under a little of that pressure. But I'll say this, I never got disciplined that I didn't deserve it, and a few times I did, I didn't. And I would probably say, I could guess that just goes right across the board for most all of us here today. Amen? There's been a few times in our life we got away with a couple of things. But our responsibility is to train them in the ways of the Lord. Plain and simple. You know, Pete Rose is the all-time hits leader in baseball. I mean, he's a, he's, got, he's a little flawed character himself. But Pete Rose was 43 years old when he broke Ty Cobb's all-time hit record. And a reporter asked him, 
what he was thinking when he was standing on first base. He was in Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, about 42,000 fans just going crazy. He had broken a record that people said would never be broken. All right? And his son actually came out to the field, and he was hugging his son. And, uh, you know, just a, a great time, I'm sure. And the whole, here's the whole thing. That reporter asked him what he was thinking. <clears throat> and his answer, that his dad was looking down from heaven and was proud of him. There's a 43-year-old man now. Still trying to please his dad. Dad, your kids are watching. They're watching everything you do, both good and bad. And, you know, and they're learning from both of those. Their eyes are fixed on you. Even when you don't think so, they know it. You know, a couple of things that's happened in my life, my sons remind me of from time to time of a couple of those. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. All I ever tell them is be a better dad than I was. That's all I say. Be better at it than me. Don't be me. Be better than me. Dads today, your kids are watching your every move. You can preach to them till the cows come home. You can pray with them. You can show them the word of God. And if you go act, if you go act like a hellion, what do you think they're going to do? Yeah. They're going to follow what you do, not what you say. So we don't just teach them the word of God. We don't just train them, as it says in Proverbs 22, 6, train them up in the ways of the Lord when they're old, they won't depart from it. We have to model that behavior in ourselves. One of the greatest things you can do to pass blessing on your kid is they see Christ living in you. And you know what? The other thing, too, is when you do fail, because you will. You will. That's, I guarantee it. Most all of us have at one time failed in our lives to meet the mark that God has set for us. And when you miss that mark, you can admit to your kids, yeah, that didn't do very well in the Lord then. That wasn't good at all. That's one of the things I tell mine. When they say something like that, I say, well, that, was a bad, that wasn't a good day in the Lord. That was more me and less of God. You see, I can admit my faults, and I can be honest with them. They'll learn a lot from that. What they'll learn is they can admit their faults, and they can be honest with you about their faults. They can be honest with God about their faults, because that's the next thing you should tell them. Hey, I just did it. I didn't do very well. I already, I already talked to the Lord about that. I've asked for forgiveness for not doing that well, and he's forgiven me, just as he will you when you don't do it well. Son, but do it better than me, or daughter, do it better than me. They are watching, and they are wanting to please you with their life. Just like the song said, just like my old man. The other thing we can do is we can teach them a biblical view of life. We just don't teach them about coming to know Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. Yes, we teach and train them and lead them to knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior. But once that happens, then there's a whole lot more teaching to keep going on. Amen? John 16, says, These things I have spoken to you, that 
In me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let me tell you today, people, not everything's going to go your way. If you teach your kids that early, you'll see today we got too many thinking their kids are never going to have them do anything wrong. They're not disciplined. They want to be their friend. No, you're their father. You're their mother. You're training them up in the ways of the Lord. You're giving them a biblical perspective of this life that they live through. Not everything is going to go your kid's way. You can't fix everything for your kid. You can't do it. These things I have spoken to you that you may have peace, but in the world you'll have tribulation. We had it. What makes you think our kids aren't going to go through it? Teach them that. And teach them that during those tough times just to depend on God even more. Maybe they're getting picked on at school. Maybe they're getting some bad things happening to them. Maybe they don't have the friends that they want or whatever the case may be. Maybe they had the friends that the Lord has for them. Maybe their girlfriend or boyfriend broke up with them and they're 14 and the world's coming to an end. <laughs> That's going to happen. They're going to come one home one day and some little boy or girl's broken their heart. You know? And you're going to have to keep from laughing at them. And with the straightest face possible, you're going to have to just hug them and tell them it'll be okay. <laughs> All in the back of mind, you're thinking, yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's just from a parent to another one. You know, I'll guarantee it. Some little boy's going to show up at Brandon Conway's house. He's going to have his hat on backwards. He's just going to look, whoo. <laughs> Worse yet, they show up at Madison's house. And on and on. Hey, you know the drill. Ask Mark Cray. He wore his badge to the door. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't have his gun on his hip. But he had, he tell you, I've heard him tell a story. He had his badge there. See that? You know? <laughs> it was with an intent and a purpose, wasn't it, Mark? <laughs> Absolutely it was. But they're going to have trials. Things are going to go through rough times. Teach them that God is still with them even during those tough times. John 14 says, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Those are Christ saying those words. Teach them that you can do greater things than Christ Jesus. Because of what God has done. Because you believe in Him and you trust in Him. Teach them and train them that. They can be a mighty warrior for Christ. They can be. We look at them as little kids sometimes, or even as teenagers, are going, Oh, Lord. And shaking our head. But you know what? Somebody's parent was looking at us going, Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'll guarantee it. Somebody at one time said, that Doug DeWeese, I'm not sure he's going to make it. <laughs> Sean, he doesn't have a prayer. <laughs> I guarantee you, somebody took, shook their head over each of you at one time or another. Oh, Lord. I guarantee it. You showed up, Brent, you showed up at Amy's door, and Vicky's like, who is this boy? <laughs> yeah. Sherry's, Sherry's mother told her one time, you ought to date that little Daryl Mathis boy. He seems to be a nice boy. After about two months, you need to get rid of that boy. <laughs> That's what she told him. That's a true story. You need to get rid of that boy. 
That's just the facts. Teach them that in the Lord all things are possible. Give them that biblical world view. Teach them and train them that. You can do greater things than the Lord. Greater things than the Lord you can do. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good to the, those who love God that are called according to His purpose. Man, teach them to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Train them in the first and the greatest commandment. Knowing that all things work together, all things. You see, all things, not just some things, not just the good things that happen in your life, but even the, the tough times of your life, they work to God's good. Teach them that he has a purpose for their life. He has a purpose for each and every one of us today. He has a purpose for us as adults, as grandparents, as parents. He has a purpose for every one of us. We got to start living that purpose that we can tell them about it. My son asked me when he was in college, he goes, Dad, when did you know what you wanted to do for a living? I said, when I figured out, son, I will call you and let you know. <laughs> I said, you have to go to work every day. You better love what you do. Choose what you want to do. We'll get into that a little bit later. You see, and I, I was joking when I told him that. But my point was to make, let him make up his mind, not me make it up for him. But the reality is, it, I was 44 when I found that purpose, or 43, when God called me into the ministry. And I knew then he'd be training me all the way up from before for that purpose at that time. So yes, some of you won't find it till later. Be patient with your kids. But teach them a biblical world view. James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. I'm going to tell you today, parents, let them fail. Let them fail. How did you learn? I learned a lot by failure. I learned through adversity. Too many times we as parents want to fix everything for our kids. My brethren, count it all joy when, 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 when it says the word when, that means it's going to happen. When you fall into various trials, why is that? Because it's going to make you a better Christian. And each one of us can stand here today and sit here today knowing that through adversity we have grown in Christ. And that's what you teach them. Through that adversity, you can go in Christ. My kids went to Springtown, all three of them. 39 school years. 39 school years, right? I met with one teacher one time. I didn't run down there and fix their problems for them. I talked to them about them. I gave them advice. I sent them back down to the schoolhouse to deal with those things. And consequently, they learned how to deal with the things of their life. 
Now, I could have run down there. I could have gone down there every year and talked to some teacher about something. But what would they have learned? That to look to daddy to fix everything. When they need to be looking to God to fix the things in their life. Not us. We give them advice. We teach them. We train them. Let them fail. I don't know about it. I don't care who you are or what you do for a living or what your hobbies are. Sooner or later, somebody's going to be better at it than you. Would you agree with that? Somewhere along the way. Somebody is better. The greatest of all time. There's just a few of those. Just a few. Somewhere, someone's going to be better at something than you. And if you can't handle that, what are you going to do with your life? You're going to crumble? You're going to fall apart? First time you face adversity is 20 years old. Why is that? Because your parents didn't let you face any adversity in your life. You know, the invention of cell phones has been a neat thing at times. But you know what they say about kids going to college? It's hindered them. You know why? Because rather than being on your own, you call mommy and daddy. Can you come fix this? No, I can't. You're in college. Go talk to them yourself. I can't fix it for you. They won't talk to your parents anyway. That's the truth. I've sent three there too. They don't talk, those professors don't talk to parents. They talk to kids. Yeah, they may be adults at 18, but they're kids. You can't fix everything, people. Let's just get that. Have you been able to fix the things of your life? No, but God has. When you had a broken heart, who mended it? God did. When you had times of trouble, who picked you up? God did. Yes, talk to them, train them, give them advice. But let them fail. Please, I beg of you. They may never fail. They may have a perfect life. I don't know. I've hit some failures along the way. And grown each and every time that I did. Teach them to make decisions and let them make them. That goes right along with teaching them, letting them fail. If you make every decision for them, and they wake up one day, what are they going to do? They're going to, what do I do? My boss just chewed me out at work. Suck it up, son. It happened. My boss that chewed me out at work was my dad. <laughs> so it wasn't the first time I heard it. But really, what are they going to do? Teach them to make good decisions in the Lord. If we give them a biblical worldview, we teach them to look at life through the scriptures rather than how the world says look at it. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Get down on your knees with your kids. When they come to you and, and, and they're trying to decide something, it's a great teachable moment to get down on your knees and says, What do you think the Lord would have us do, son? What do you think the Lord would have us do, daughter? What would God have us do here? And then you can tell them, Philippians 4, 6. 
son, don't be anxious. Daughter, don't be anxious. Let's take this to God and see what he says. And let's wait on him. And he'll give us the right direction. And that direction comes from Scripture. And teach them. If, if it's against Scripture, then that's not what you're to do. But help them and teach them and train them to make decisions. That faith one day that they lived through yours a little bit now, it's going to have to be their own. And they're going to have to know what they believe. And they're going to have to know why they believe what they believe. And if we've taught them, if we haven't taught them that, now look, you have Sunday school teachers, children's church workers, you have all kinds of people that help you along in that teaching process, but that number one teaching process comes from you at home. Plain and simple. You've got pastors that you can bring them to that will be more than happy to speak with them. You have members of the congregation that they may respect that they would gladly talk to. But at the end of the day, it's on you. Teach them to make decisions, godly decisions. What would Christ have us do? What would God have us do in this matter? Teach it through that. Give them that biblical worldview. Treat them as individuals. Any of your kids alike? I had three. They're all different. They got some personality traits that are same, but they're also different. We treat each one of them just a little different. There's some basics that we have. Find out what's special to them. Find out what they like. You know, I recently, my two of my granddaughters were with us. We was in Bed Bath & Beyond uh, buying some Mother's Day stuff. Sherry was buying it, thank goodness, right? So I, they get these bath bombs. I don't know exactly what they are, but that's what they call them. And they're running around, and they're carrying them, and they're, one's 17 and one's four, and you'd have thought they were both six. It was hilarious watching them. They're smelling all the lotions and all everything. They're smelling everything and doing all this stuff. Well, I bought these bath bombs and a couple of deals of lotion for them. They were really inexpensive, you know, but I wanted to bless them. You know, I treated those two differently that day. I didn't have the other four with me. I didn't buy them anything. You see, I treated them as individuals because they were really enjoying doing all this, and I watched, I observed them enjoying doing that. So I purchased that for them because it was so good to watch them do it. I knew they wanted that. So I treated them as individuals that day. Now, it didn't work out too well because I guess there's a kid one and an adult one, and a kid one has some kind of prize in the side, and when it didn't come out, Pop didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Briley told her mother. Pop didn't know what he was doing. I didn't get a, I didn't get a deal. Well, be honest with you, it's a bath bomb. I didn't know what I was doing. I only take showers. You know, I got something here that my mother found. She's cleaning out her house. Uh, about a week ago, she brought this over to my house. And this is a spur that I had as a kid. And I, I know why it's mine. It's not my brother's. It's not my two sisters. This one was mine, plain and simple, because he made it. You see, I'm pigeon-toed. Don't know if you've ever noticed that, <laughs> but I am. So consequently, whenever I go, when I'm riding, my, you know, your heel's supposed to turn toe out, heel in. Well, that's hard for me. I have a tendency that my toe turns in. So my dad knew that, see. Bull riders have spurs like this today, but my dad made this one special for me. Why? If you look at the shank here, it's angled because he knew that I had a hard time spurring 
So he just angled my spur for me. Not for my brother. He had good feet. He, he turned him out. He kicked the horse. You know, my sisters, they rode. They had their own. But he made them. He made it special for me because he knew that I needed this little turn. So when I kicked, the spur would take effect for me being pigeon-toed. You see, he treated me as an individual, and he wanted the best for me, so he made this for me. Isn't that pretty neat? Yeah. You see, that's your, your kids are the same way. Your kids are the same way. They're different. There's things that you, across the board, are the same, but there's little things that you may do for one that you don't do for the other, and vice versa. Plain and simple. Treat them as individuals. You don't have to make them a spur with a shank that's off to the side unless they're pigeon toes. Then it'd help or you can just go buy a bull riding spur. But my dad, he made things himself. So this is what he did. He shoot his own horses. He did it all. So that's what he made me. And it was special. You see, he knew what I needed. And he supplied it. It's a great picture of God in our life is what it is. You know the needs of your kids and you supply them a little differently to each one. God knows our needs and while he blankets, there's things he especially has just for you and him because your relationship with Christ is an individual relationship. He doesn't deal with you and me the same. There are some things that, yes, we follow. But how he deals with you may be just a little different. But he always deals through Scripture with us. That's a blanket. But his special blessing for us may be just a little different. The same thing that you do with your kids. Treat them as individuals, just like God does us. He disciplines us. He chases us. He straightens us up. He does all these things. Just as he does to us, so to your kids. I mean, you look at Hudson Mortimer and Ian Mortimer. Those boys are quite different. But their parents are Stacy and Matt, both of them. But they are. They're quite different. They're both neat, neat kids in their own right. But they are quite different. And I love seeing the difference in them. You see, as a parent, enjoy that difference. You can't treat Ian and Hudson the same. Exactly, can you? Doesn't work. And do this always. Impart spiritual blessings to your kids. Psalm 1, 1 through C says, The way of the righteous and the end of the ungodly. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Look, we want our kids to prosper, amen? We want them to do well in the Lord. 
Not necessarily in the world. That's a byproduct of doing well in the Lord. You know, because if they have a good job, why do they have a good job? Because the Lord has given them the wisdom. The Lord has given them that job. Because we know that ultimately, even on our jobs, we work as unto the Lord. Amen? No matter what we do, digging ditches or being a CEO, be the very best you can. You're representing God. Teach them and train them that. Teach them and train them in the ways of God. Because it says here, he shall be a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whoever and whatever he does shall prosper. Man, teach your kids to dig those roots deep in the name of Jesus. That cornerstone that's on that church back there that you heard about, teach them and train them in that. Give them a biblical worldview of life. So that when they get older, They'll be sitting in church. They'll be praising the Lord. They'll be living their life for Jesus. And that, that is a successful life. Not what you do for a living. That's all well and good. Praise the Lord for jobs. But you want to have a successful life, you live it through Jesus Christ. That's success. Plain and simple. That is success. 1 John 5, 4. And five says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. That's what we teach them. That's what we train them. In this world, we'll have tribulation. But if I know Jesus Christ, he's going to get me through to the other side, whatever it may be. Dads today, thank you for being the type of dads that you are. But we can always be better. We can always be better. Never striving to, to get better. Always, always, always strive to get better. I can do that better. Think about that. How many times have you dealt with your kids and thought, yeah, I could have done that better. I could have done that better. I just go back, even now, as adult kids, I still talk to them about those things. I tell them, don't be me. Be better than me. Dads, bless you today. Teach your kids in the Lord. Teach them a biblical view of life and that all that they do is live through the Holy Scriptures and through Jesus Christ and that personal relationship that each of them have with Him. You do that, you're a good dad. You can get that. We can get that. But it makes, it makes them better kids. It makes them better dads when they grow up because they teach their kids and train them in the same way. Bless y'all. Let's pray.